Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello, welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show. Happy October to you, sis. I cannot believe I'm even saying we're in the last quarter of the year. Wild. Okay, wild. Um, So I am super excited about this episode because we're going to be wrapping up the Managing Emotion series. And last week I talked really in detail about avoidance coping. So in this episode, I'm going to be talking a little bit more into the strategies you can do to kind of overcome this. If this is something you find that you struggle with, I hope that y'all have been enjoying these kind of series based individual podcasts. I am going to be really, really doing a lot of interviews soon. Um, I have so many people I want to bring on the, the podcast for you all to listen to oh my god I am beyond excited to start planning these interviews out but I wanted to give you all some time for some individual time with me um so a couple quick housekeeping things so I have finally finished my time with God journal I am doing pre-orders in October so this month so please be on the lookout for that because pre-orders will basically consist of you participating with me in the time with God challenge which I will link a quick sign up for you in the description of this episode. So if you have ever heard of me talking about the Time with God Challenge, it is basically a challenge I started in 2019 where I teach you how to spend time with God. I've done the challenge six times and um, about 300 women have gone through the challenge. 350 women have gone through the challenge or participated in some way. And this is going to be a little bit different because 
I am going to actually offer this for free. So if you are interested, you'll be able to participate for free. There will be a VIP option where if you participate in the challenge, you will also get a copy of my Time With God journal and so many bonuses. I'm literally probably going to be giving you like a thousand dollars worth of bonuses and it'll the VIP will be for a small fee. So you can still access the challenge for free. But if you do VIP, you'll get the recordings, you'll get a copy of my Time With God journal. You'll also get a bunch of other bonuses that I will be working on listing out for you all. It'll be so good. So I absolutely would love for you to do VIP. If you want to, you'll get extra time with me to ask questions before the sessions actually start and you get access to all of the recordings and so much more. So that'll be the end of this month, but I'm pre-gaming you a little bit, girl, okay? Um, But I definitely just want you to really get the journal because I spent literally a year on this and I have solidly worked on it for two months. And I wanted to create a journal that was fail-proof for you in your time with God. So I know time with God is very overwhelming for people because we're busy. And so in the journal, I give you literally literally prompts to guide you through your time with God. Um, You have some solid questions that you can do every single day and then have lots of space to journal and write and read your devotional, take notes. And it has literally made my time with God seamless. It has been two months me and my friend have been using it. She's like, girl, I look forward to my time with God every day because it doesn't feel like I'm coming with like a blank mind of what to talk to him about. So it's really good. I can't wait for it to be released. Um, but I am doing pre-orders for the time of God challenge. So everybody that participates in the challenge and does VIP will get a copy of the journal. If you do the free option, Um, I won't be pre-ordering any journals um, during that time. So you want to definitely get your hands on it because it'll be something I will absolutely be using and talking about in the challenge. So I wanted to put that as a little nugget in your ear now to be on the email list. So just go ahead and sign up and pre-register if you're interested in the show notes. And then also you will get first access to all the information when I drop the sign up and registration for that. So Let's get into the show. I just had to tell you about that because I'm so excited about it. So let's get into it. So I want to talk a little bit into um, some strategies around getting over avoidance coping, essentially. And really what I want to talk to you about is just the reality of avoidance coping. I know I talked about what it is more in the last episode, but in this episode, I'm going to talk to you how to cope more practically and how you can also cope spiritually. So I'm going to give two um, access points with this from two different sides. Okay. So how you can really just understand the reality of avoidance coping and really like I talked to y'all more in detail about what avoidance coping is, why it isn't healthy. Ultimately what avoidance coping is, is you literally not dealing with maybe core issues that may be happening and really just having some avoidance behaviors because you want to escape the uncomfortable feelings of something and avoid it thinking about it or dealing with it. And so avoidance coping really is you trying to avoid any stressor rather than walking through it. And I have learned more personally recently why that is so important, both with clients that I serve in therapy and walking them through their process, but even my own process 
And so for me, it has been a different. <laughs> it so I was telling somebody this other day that I have this year gone through another transition with God, and I say that not in a bad way, but just more so like. If you've been a Christian for a while, you know that you go through ebbs and flows in your relationship with God. It's just natural. It's just as you're not always going to be on fire sometimes. And I feel like on a yearly basis, if not all the time, I multiple times a year, I really find a deeper level with God in a way that I've never experienced. And this year, I feel like I really got to see the compassionate and empathetic side of God. I never, again, I used to look at God as a disciplinarian. So about five years ago, that was something I really had to process in counseling. And so as a disciplinarian, I basically thought I was no good, had a lot of stuff, struggled with condemnation really bad. So I always saw God as this disciplinary, I need to avoid you. So it was very hard for me to see myself deal with stuff in a way with God and walking through it. I've learned this year that you cannot, not even just with God, but just in general in life, you cannot avoid hardship. It is just something that is going to happen. But the difference with avoiding hardship and not kind of succumbing to the conflict of what hardship brings is really walking through it. And that looks different for everybody, but it's really about the situation itself may not change, but your response really is what needs to change. I won't say need to change because that becomes very shameful if you don't, but just like your response is what is helpful to change. And so really the way I like to frame this is avoidance coping really can be a a form of self-sabotage. Like you essentially don't deal with stuff and procrastinate to, to deal with it or think that your way of just quote unquote letting it go is the best way. Well, what that does is it just suppresses over time the things you really need to address that are going to within themselves manifest regardless. Like whether it's in relationships with people, in your job, in your personal life, whatever that looks like, anything that you avoid is going to manifest. And so whether you like to believe it or not, It's important to understand that because even though you may be quick to let some things go and some things are easier to let go because you realize they're not that big of a deal. But when they are a big deal to you and you say, I'm letting this go, but you really don't, it's really, really impactful. And so even going back to this goes back to attachment. And I talked about this in the attachment series. So I will link that attachment series below go listen to part one two and three and I've gotten so much good feedback about the attachment series but this really helps in thinking about how we attach ourselves to others because there's a deep longing for love there's a deep desire for us to be in control and so it's really important for us to know how we avoid because avoidance overall doesn't really address the problem so As uncomfortable it may seem, really the only way to begin to address this is unlearning the unhealthy narratives that we've developed over time. And so these narratives of, oh, just F it, I'm done, or forget it, I'm finished, or um, you ruminating on something and kind of being afraid to talk about it because you're you're scared of what the other person may think. Like these are narratives that are, or something bad is going to happen. 
these are narratives that we've realized that we have to, or that we have, that we have to realize that we have to work through and process. And sometimes unpacking that stuff is so uncomfortable. Like I hear from people, especially y'all all the time who email me that are, that say, you know, it's exhausting. I'm over it. And it's like, girl, I get it. But these are the things that have to happen oftentimes to, for us to kind of build our self-awareness and have very high emotional intelligence, which I wish I could do a podcast on that. Maybe I'll put that in my arsenal to talk about, but realize more than anything that there is brokenness in this world, but that there is hope in Jesus and finding comfort in that. And even more on a deeper level is you can be equipped to handle not wanting to avoid when you deal with it. And it's going to be ongoing. I recently was talking to um, someone around the topic of being still because my natural default often is to work, 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 work because it, it makes me feel like I know one of my really big struggles at the end of last year was just I often feel like I was a minion for God. I hope that makes sense. But just like work, 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 like this is what I'm supposed to do and flowing from the place of like work. I realized through my struggle season really this year that God's not expecting me to be a minion for him. He's expecting me to love him and whatever flows from that is all glory to him. And oftentimes I think though the narrative can be, oh, I'm doing this for God. But when it gets to a place where I'm burnt out, like, is it really more so a pride thing for me at that time? Is it more so the pressures of having all these things and really not being mindful of my time management or really asking for support and help? And that goes to a deeper level of how can I be still to watch God move in my life and me not try to be in control over that, which is a challenge. And so I have learned process and pace, but more so when it comes to avoidance coping is when I feel it, I feel like I want to avoid something. It's like addressing it head first. And that's not always the easiest when you don't feel equipped. So I want to talk about that a little today. And then lastly, the reality with avoidance coping too is that there are some things that come with emotional safety and learning to be emotionally safe, not only with yourself, but others. And emotionally safe is really going along the lines of being vulnerable, honest, transparent with yourself and your struggles. But even to the degree of like even being in therapy, y'all have to be honest with your counselor. Like there is not any way possible that you come to counseling. You're always blaming things on other people. You hold some level of responsibility, period. Like truly in the other part of this too, is like even though we can talk about the ways people in our lives, our parents or whatever have impacted us, we still have responsibility ourselves to take on responsibility for what we can do to help work through it. So let's kind of get into how you can practice this coping practically. Um, So the first thing is realizing when you do it. So if you're into it with someone and you find your husband or whatnot, and you're finding that you oftentimes close off or avoid certain conversations, there can be this narrative of I have to choose my battles or pick my battles or whatnot, what that looks like. But on the other side of that, are you procrastinating? Are you avoiding discussing problems and facing issues? Are these ongoing patterns that you see through you not speaking up aren't being addressed? 
Or are you really finding that you struggle with really voicing your opinion or asking for help? Um, Do you avoid asking for help out of feeling like you're weak or that somebody's going to say no to you? And so when you get to that point, it's like just realizing if you're even doing it, are you avoiding? Also, learn what your body is feeling is a stress response. Learn what are your defense mechanisms. My natural defense mechanism is to stay busy because it, it keeps me preoccupied from doing things or feeling things that I don't want to feel. More recently, because I have been really intentional about trying to make sure my time with God is, you know, essential, I know that's going to look different postpartum. So postpartum, I know God is not expecting me to probably get up like at five in the morning like I used to and like have this hour of time with him. I'm going to be barely getting any sleep. So like I'm taking care of a newborn. So my time with him is even going to be different. But like when I'm stressed out or overwhelmed, I don't necessarily have that place to run to. How can I be listening to my body and ask God for help or even ask for support or get rest or whatever that looks like? Most more so than anything, when your body, your body is feeling a stress response, what do you do in the moment? Do you run to food? Do you run to alcohol? Do you ignore it? Do you just stay in this place of constant burnout where you feel like you don't really, and there's a lot of times too, and I also want to add some empathy to this because a lot of times when we're feeling stress responses, we don't know we're feeling them. You may not even know that you're struggling with avoidance, but you may not even have had somebody bring it to the forefront of your awareness to be able to say like, this is avoidance or this is a defense mechanism. Or do you shut down when you feel a stress response? Do you immediately say, I'm done with this and kind of close yourself off to even trying because you kind of often feel like if I try, I'm always met with rejection or disappointment. So what is your body even feeling? How is your body even reacting to this stress response? Because there could be a lot of tension. There could just be a lot of overwhelm. And also realize the seasons of your life are always going to change. So I was talking about being postpartum soon. My capacity will be a lot smaller in that time versus where it is now where I have, you know, one kid who's in daycare. I have way more time in the day to work. Like I can take a nap if I need to. So my capacity is a lot larger versus maybe when I have a newborn, my stress level is going to be a lot higher or just my capacity to deal with things is going to be just a lot lower. Okay. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Other ways you can cope with this practically is communication. Being open. And not being petty or passive aggressive, but really empathetic to hear maybe someone out or share. Even sharing. And not to say that the person on the other side of the table is always going to be understanding because that is very real. Like sometimes they're not. Other people really do impact how we communicate because what I tell clients a lot of times is that you're dealing with another person who has another set of experiences and perceptions. So what you may say may put them on defense mode, but their defense mode is a projection. That's not your fault, but it's definitely their projection of what they're hearing. 
So really learning communication, this really goes out to my husbands and wives or even people you're dating. I was telling somebody this more recently that communication, especially in marriage, and I'll kind of go on a marriage tangent for a second, is challenging because you are constantly going through shifts in your life when you're married to somebody. You don't have kids at one point, or you may have kids. Um, You end up changing jobs. You end up making more money. You end up having more responsibilities. You get older. Who I was when I met my husband when I was 21 is absolutely not the person I am at 32. That was over 10 years ago. And so who he is now is completely different from who he was when he was younger. When he didn't have all these, he didn't have a wife or a level of responsibilities. So our communication changes. Our communication changes with finances. Our communication has changed when it comes to sex. Our communication has changed when it comes to pouring into each other. What I needed from him at 24 was definitely not what I need from him at 32. And so communication, even though we've been married almost five years, is different from when we were married in year one. And our communication has gotten better in year four than it was in year one. Year one, I'm just I'm just married to you and we just doing our thing, but I'm not really understanding what it means to like self-sacrifice and be married to somebody and the compromises and all those things that happen. And so there are often times he is not empathetic or compassionate when I communicate things to him. And it's a constant state of learning. To, if the, you're not learning anything else in marriage, you're learning how to communicate. But on the other side of that is it, it takes intention and it takes work. And that was something we have more recently talked about is just like marriage is marriage takes work. It is not a just we get married and we have this beautiful fantasy of a life. You have to constantly work at it because there are different stages in a marriage where you can have the roommate stage. And I don't think enough people talk about that, where you just kind of have kids and you're passing each other by in the day, not really making time to connect. And one thing that I always think of in the back of my mind is unless my husband really says like he unless he thinks it's something I say something is wrong in his mind, everything is great. But for me, I may realize that I need more connection with him. I need a deeper intimacy that's not sex necessarily, but just more intimacy and conversations or whatnot. And that takes work. And so with communication, you have to really understand that oftentimes it's not about being petty or passive aggressive. It's really being about empathetic to hear the person out or you even sharing and saying, I need X, Y, and Z from you, or I need this from you and learning to know how to communicate. I even said more recently that I would be open to going to counseling before we have two kids um, because of, you know, we never navigated having two kids, let alone just one. We did really good with our first one, but the second one, we, you know, we have, we're juggling two people now. And so what does that look like for us to even maintain our relationship and friendship and our marriage and just for maintenance and not even for just, you know, anything's wrong, but just overall enhancing and doing the work. And that is just goes back to intention. And so if you're struggling in marriage, you're like, be open with your spouse about talking about counseling or whatever being an option for you to just maintain. Or if you're finding that you struggle, use that as an option to help. Um, And then lastly, with coping more practically is tolerating uncomfortable emotions. They will come, especially when you're when you start counseling, for sure, 
you become more aware. I have had so many clients that just kind of say this awareness is really stressful because they talk about how it's two different mind frames that they have to go back and forth into whereas the the frame of mind they've always known and the new frame of mind where they're like really trying to see the other side or see a different perspective of something and awareness can be uncomfortable awareness is really you having to address and not avoid so observe talk through it breathe through it and know it gets easier as the more you do it because really ultimately what you're doing is you're building your emotional intelligence. Where if you may have never known um, this side of you, you may know your job, maybe very intellectually, you know, smart about your job. You maybe you may know your kids real well. You may not know your emotions. And that is something because you never given the tools. And so it's important to be able to know more practically that you have to sometimes tolerate those uncomfortable emotions. Um, so let's kind of go into a little bit of how you can cope spiritually. So I have been more aware recently. Um, and I think what I've learned uh, again this year is what it looks like to cope with God. I talked about this maybe in some more podcasts, but about how earlier this year, God kind of told me I was suffering without him. And I, I was telling somebody this other day too, um, that during my time, I realized that, you know, more spiritually, a lot of times when God is doing stuff, it's so uncomfortable because it's not, traditionally what people do and I have a lot of friends that'll tell me you know I admire that you your first thought is what is God doing but I've had to learn that there are a lot of times there are things that God's doing that I just need to have understanding of and really a lot of times it is stripping he's stripping me more so pruning and to help me get better to get to to become a better person and just also be more spiritually mature because I really would say I was very spiritually immature maybe in the last two years of just the amount of entitlement pride feeling as though I was entitled to things being smooth and never experiencing struggle like experiencing struggle almost was like unfair or God, you're not right for this. And that entitlement, what I realized was just me being spoiled. Um, And so coping spiritually to really unpack, you know, my pride in my heart, to be honest, is really just the sin of pride is really coming. It's really, I've really learned to understand that God wants all of me, even the prideful parts to help me be exposed to his goodness but also really kind of see just how much sin I have my sinful nature and so when it comes to when you are in difficult circumstances or you're healing because really this is about healing and trying to switch those avoidant behaviors to more um healthier behaviors I realized that it is really about doing the right thing and really being exposed to your sin. I was reading in Matthew the other day about Jesus was talking about anger and he was really saying, um, 
that basically when you're angry with somebody, you know, if you like the scripture was talking about, if you have a sacrifice and you, and someone comes in your mind that you have a situation with, go back to that person, resolve it, and then offer your sacrifice to God. And it made me think to myself, how many of us are angry with people that we are not willing or wanting to have a conversation with? And it checked my heart because I, I, I went back and I said, God, you know, there's so many relationships that I probably cut off or didn't address a lot of things with because I was just so angry. And I put it in my mind that, you know, it's their problem, not mine. And I just kind of had to see myself in the scripture, what Jesus was saying of like, my level of coping is I'm going to let you go and cut you off. Like, that's what I thought was Christ-like or it's just like, this is my boundary. But truly, I was angry in a lot of those situations and didn't address the issue with the person. And so coping sometimes with this avoidance piece spiritually is really also just kind of facing your sins. And I know that that's not what people want to hear. And it often, it, it can even sometimes go against the narrative that I think people are a lot in the self-care boundary space because I'm big on boundaries too. really say is that you know separate yourself or x y and z but you still have to deal with the you still have to validate what you were feeling in some way and sometimes that validation is really also having a conversation and so God does things so different from what he's literally about resolve and bringing restoration to stuff at times but that doesn't always mean you have to bring restoration to things that are like for people who are constantly hurting. I'm not saying that, but just more so really having basic conversations and not being so quick to cut people off and avoid. And so going back to this coping more spiritually really looks like, you know, notice when you're feeling some type of way, what happened? How did this impact you spiritually? Even if we're experiencing, I know a lot of people experience in the last couple of years, grief, grief is real. Notice when you feel something, notice when you feel abandoned or rejected by God because of this situation that happened and just feeling like you have to go through the emotions. Um, the other way you can cope spiritually is being authentically vulnerable with God. And that has been, I think my walk this year is coming to God about everything. And I'm not talking about just the stuff that I think I can come to him about but like deeply coming to him about every single thing uh, there's some things I would love to share but I'm just still walking through it so I'm not fully all the way there to share but there's been some things that I've come to him about just like I'm serving you why is this happening this isn't fair like why do I have to bear the cross of this just because I'm your kid. Like I serve you, God. Like I am faithful to you. I do what I got to do. You know, why is this happening? And almost kind of like trying to negotiate my trial with him. But even me saying that to God is me being authentically vulnerable. And so sometimes you of coping with your avoidance is being authentically vulnerable to God about like, look, I want to go this way, but why are you sending me here? Or, you know, dude, I really just don't even want to mess off with you like that because I'm so overwhelmed by what's happening. How can your goodness be in this current situation? And so 
I think when we get to a place of being vulnerable and really, again, vulnerability comes with awareness and you don't gain awareness until you really kind of work through stuff. But um, it's really about being honest with the Lord. The third thing I would say with um, coping more spiritually is, of course, having community, having people in your life that you can go to, talk to, share with, bear your burdens with. Yeah, when I say I have so many people in my life, like <laughs> so many people, but I need community and, and community has been the most like it's been the most beautiful gift to have with um, the people in my life that I love and care about. So, you know, be open to having community. If you don't have people, you know, really, really try hard. Put yourself in some online communities to connect with people and be intentional about that. You don't have to be an extrovert to have to love people. Um, is there a mentor or someone you can talk to? I've recently come to understand that mentorship is helpful. Um, coaching is helpful. Um, having people who are in a space that are more wise than you are helpful. Um, but really, really, you know, test that pray over it I remember I uh, recently hired a coach um and I put her name on my prayer list like two months before I reached out like just wanting to make sure I was in the mind space of working through it but that you know the Holy Spirit had really worked out of me the things that I needed to come to him about before I hired somebody to help me with some stuff because I never wanted to make investments in things that were um not going to be helpful but I also wanted to be very clear that I know I'm not equipped to do this on my own and there are people who I need to be in a safe space with to share myself to go to another level so just be mindful of that and then lastly be open to sharing your struggles with other people um like I said with community coping spiritually with this is not only doing it with God but doing it with people and I think we <clears throat> so just I just want to say, like, acknowledge the fact that relationship is a gift. It is not. There, there's just so many things on. The, I was listening to somebody on the Internet and I know that it was a joke, but I took it so personally. And I know that that is really when I felt it, when I felt myself be like, mm, I knew that was God because I could just sometimes see stuff as that. Yeah, I know. I love me some TikTok, baby. OK, that is my nightly guilty pleasure okay <laughs> and I will kiki and kaka all day with tiktok but I saw a post that was talking about I think it was the guy that'd be like I love you bye or something like that but he had said you know one thing's for sure and two things for certain I'm not gonna ask you again for help and basically saying if I ask you and you don't help me I'm not gonna ask again and it kind of puts in this tone like you can't ask for help and it's really hard to get through this life feeling as though you have to do things on your own or that it's a one up to not feel like you can ask for help. That's not a that's not an applause thing. That is really, you know, putting yourself in a place where you feel like you're in charge and you need people and you need people to share yourself. You have to have people in your life you can share your sin with. I, I just don't believe I personally don't believe you can get through this life where you can't share your sin. Like I have, I have to share my sins with God, but then there are people who I have to share my negative limiting beliefs with to talk through them. And most of the time it's in relationship. 
And so when you have that, it makes a difference. And I know that that's not always everybody's testimony. So, you know, ask God to bring those relationships to you, but be open to sharing with others and being able to cope with that. And then lastly, of course, take advantage of mental health counseling. Like I use these episodes, use, would use these episodes as talking points with your counselor. Like these are things, hey sis, this is what you and I need to talk through because I heard this on a podcast and it gave me a great perspective. These are the things I got from it. This is what, what I want my goals to be based on what I heard. I got a lot of feedback from people around the um, attachment series where you all were saying, you know, I'm taking this to counseling. Bravo to you, sis, for doing the work. Like, shout out to you for taking it and immediately implementing. Like, this is an issue in my life. I need somebody to help me fix. And so um, along with you doing this with your counselor, you know, every time you meet with your counselor, you're doing this with God. You're walking this out with Holy Spirit and ask him to just continue to lead you and guide you through coping with this more spiritually. But also using the other tools of prayer, fasting, um, you know, uh, time with the Lord, um, really, you know, covering yourself and interceding for yourself. Um, but also, you know, hearing the word, listening to the word, being involved in your church if you can, if that's an option, um, and just really understanding like those are tools to help you if you need it. So that's all I wanted to share this week with you, sis. If you love the podcast, please leave a review on Apple iTunes. It helps people find the podcast. So if just like you found it, you know, definitely leave a review on Apple iTunes. Share the podcast with somebody that you know would love to hear it. Follow me on Instagram. Also join my email list. I send weekly emails out every Friday of my weekly reflection. Actually, after I record this, I'm going to type up my email for Friday. And I love y'all. It's so good to be able to talk with you this week. And I love you all so much. And we'll talk next week. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.